Well, good morning. Welcome to the City Church. My name is Anthony, and uh, normally I would say uh, that I have the honor and privilege of opening up the scriptures with you this morning, uh, which we're going to do. We're going to have a couple readings, but this morning is a bit different. If you uh, are new to the City Church or haven't been around for the last uh, several weeks, we've been working through our mission and vision, and for us, simply what that means is like answering the question as to who, who we are and what it is that we're doing. And so for the last six weeks, we've been working through this. Um, and uh, our mission statement is really simple. Uh, it's kind of threefold. The first is revealing Christ, then reconciling people, then renewing our city. Um, each of those uh, we, we talked through at length. And so revealing Christ, we're talking about what does it mean and look like for us as a community of people to uh, make that our primary goal, our prerogative, um, that we would be making Jesus known um, in our neighborhoods, in our city. And so what does that actually look like? And then reconciling people, tearing down walls, um, whether it's with individuals and helping to embrace the ideas of forgiveness um, and reconciliation amongst individuals, but also even within communities or groups of people. And then renewing our city, what does it mean and look like for us to bring shalom into uh, this place? And by shalom, we mean peace in the, the grand sense of the Hebrew term, which is to bring goodness, bring beauty. And so we talked through those things, then we talked through uh, what it looks like for us as a community to do those things more specifically, so us as a body, um, our leadership team, and how it is that we want to help all of you grow in those things, uh, expectations that we could have for each other. Then Sunday service, what's this really all about? Why are we doing this? And then last week we talked through uh, why gospel communities and how significant those are and what really those are really all about. Today what we would like to do um, it's something a bit different. So we've done this a number of times in the past. Many of you, maybe if you're new to our, our church, uh, you haven't seen this happen in the past, but uh, maybe a year ago and then also a year before that, so maybe every year or so, we've done these sort of Q&R things and what they are, question and response. So a number of years ago, uh, we, we actually walked through 1 Corinthians. And 1 Corinthians, uh, if you've read through 1 Corinthians, raises a ton of questions that we didn't answer right out the gate as we were preaching through the book, um, but instead approached it broadly and, and instead uh, had myself and the other elders kind of dig into the details of some of the difficult passages in 1 Corinthians. And so what we did was, uh, what we're doing today, is we had sort of an MC, the other elders, and uh, dig through some of the, the questions that are raised throughout that letter. And we just kind of talked through them. So the, the MC would kind of raise the question, we would dig through it deeply, and then we would ask if anybody wants us to elaborate a little bit more. And if you wanted to raise your hand and say, elaborate a little bit more, or what do you mean by that, or something along those lines, the MC would say, hey, you know, call on you and let you ask that question. They'd reiterate it in the mic, and then the leadership team would address it. We did this also with the Sermon on the Mount, which we did uh, about a year and a half ago, because again, you can't get into all the nuts and bolts of like how it looks to actually follow Jesus. Um, through the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, well, you can, but what it means today is, is a bit different. So we kind of, we, we did big overarching ideas and principles throughout those series and then decided to like embrace the communal aspect of how to actually 
play those things out practically um, here on a Sunday through this kind of Q&R thing. We figured it would be a, a good idea for us to do this uh, through this series too. We've been doing this mission and vision series where we've been talking through these things about what it means to follow Jesus for us. And so we decided like, let's invite all of the leadership team up and go through some of the questions that people have been asking through gospel community or through connection cards or to us face to face and just get into like the nuts and bolts of, of these things. Um, before we get into that, I have a few things that I want to remind you of or make you aware of, um, and then also some introductory remarks uh, besides what it is that I just said. So if you're new to the City Church, this is, this is not the way that we do church every single Sunday. Normally what we do right now is we open up the scriptures and we talk through or think through a passage, a theme, a topic, um, usually for 45, 50 minutes or so, and we think through those things together. So this is, this is a lot different. We do this maybe once a year, and so welcome. Super glad that you're here, but if it's your first time, come back again next week. We're gonna start something different, which I'll get to in just a second. Um, along those lines as well, if it's not just your first time, but if you've uh, been around for a few months or even several months and would like to meet the leaders that are gonna be sitting up here, we have a newcomer's lunch today after service in the fireside room. would love to have you join for that. Then also tomorrow night, we're doing a spiritual gifts class. So if you're interested, or if you've been around for, for this entire series, we've been talking to this quite a bit as to like how it is that you can play a role in this body. And so if you're interested in learning more about spiritual gifts, your own personal spiritual gifts, or just an overarching like theology of spiritual gifts, tomorrow night from 7 to 8.30, uh, we'll have childcare, so you can join us for that. And then also, we're doing a gospel community leaders training, which we've been talking to quite a bit. So again, if this is your first time, you won't know about this, but would love, if you're interested at all, to learn about um, our small groups and why those matter, what they're really all about. On the 23rd, I think it is, yeah, the 23rd of November, it's a Saturday from uh, 9 to noon. Would love to have you join for that. And then one last thing, next week we're starting a new series um, that we're titling Cultivate. And what we're gonna be thinking through is really just the, the biblical ideas of generosity. And uh, so we're gonna do this a bit different than maybe uh, what you might think, which is I'm not just gonna like beg you for money because <laughs> that would be awkward. Um, and you wouldn't wanna bring your friends. What we're gonna do is uh, we're, we're, I really, and I'm super interested in this because it's something that I've been thinking through quite a bit over the last year and has really been kind of provoking and, and convicting me. Um, is really just the nature of God in his generosity. So we want to walk through three weeks of the Father and his generosity, which is really like the story of the Old Testament and how God gives, then the Son and his generosity and what it really, like Jesus, like what is he really all about in terms of his giving or his generosity, and then the Spirit and his generosity. And then we'll get into more practical things. Um, so things like, um, I think you can see on here, so things like contentment, compassion, and creativity. And so if you're interested in being a part of that, or even if you have friends who are interested in, like, what does God really think about money and possessions, by all means, join us for that. Um, that being said, what I would like to do is read for you a passage of scripture that um, I think resonates with what it is that's going on here today. Um, and that is from Philippians 2, having to do with uh, unity in, in mind and spirit and heart of uh, what it is that I think Christ has for us. So I'd like to read this passage and then pray for us and then I'll introduce our um, pastoral team and then also our MC who will then lay out some kind of ground rules as to where it is that we're going this morning. So let me read, let me pray, and then uh, we'll engage. So Philippians 2, Paul the Apostle, he says this. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, 
any affection and sympathy. Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And so have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for the time that you give to us and we can gather together and sing, gather together and pray, gather together and look through your scriptures and think through what it means and looks like for us as individuals and as a community to follow after you. Father, we ask that uh, during our time together this morning, you would unite us as one body that you would help us to see love as your primary prerogative, that you would help us to give ourselves to that, and whatever that means, whatever that looks like. We ask for your help in this. In Christ's name, amen. <coughs> Is that song playing upstairs? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was also told to warn you that they are doing the Battle of Jericho upstairs. So if you hear some like crazy like stomping and screaming and you think your kid is like under attack, they're not. They're actually attacking Jericho. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, before, before I invite our, uh, our leaders up and uh, also Austin, our MC, just wanna lay, lay a little bit of foundation as I kind of already had, but just elaborate just a little bit. Um, Myself and our leadership team, many of you may not know this, but our leadership team consists of uh, six individuals, in, including male and female, um, cross generations and stuff like that. We meet every single Friday morning for prayer and uh, for discussion, and we've been doing this for several months. Um, one, one of our, our leaders just joined us really over the last few weeks. I'll introduce him as well. Um, but we've been doing this uh, with purpose. We've been desiring that we might be able to engage in what we've been calling everybody to, which uh, really is what we're talking about in terms of gospel community. And with that, what we're talking about is transparency, vulnerability, willing to be like irritated. If you remember a few weeks ago, we talked about being irritated and uh, rubbed against the wrong way, being willing to accept that you might be wrong and think through things and have other people like just press you. And, and so we've been doing this for quite some while. This sermon series was brought about by some of those conversations where we were thinking through what, what does it actually mean and look like for us to be the city church. And so as we've been gathering together Friday mornings for quite some time, 
we've been talking through these things and doing, I, I think, what is exactly what we'd hope for in gospel communities, which is, why are you saying it that way? Why are you thinking that way? Why are we doing it this way? Let's, let's really press into and think through um, why it is that we do these things and why it is that we say these things these ways. And with that in mind, when you get a group of people together who are different, so um, right now there's, there's Tracy, Jan, I'll introduce them, Jim, Matt, John, myself, we get together and we all have a, a different story that we're bringing to the table. We all have a, a slightly different outlook on the scriptures and what it means to be a church. And, and so we've been wrestling together through these things about uh, mission and vision. And I just wanna tell you that it's been really for me, probably one of the most encouraging seasons of my life. Um, because when we started the church, uh, I'm not gonna go into detail here because it's gonna take too long. But when we started the church, it was really just me and then Matt Derdarian, whose wife is in the hospital so he can't be here today, became a Christian. It was kind of like the two of us. And we had no idea what we were doing. And I was praying and just hoping that God would bring a team of people to help us to discern and bring wisdom um, and help to, to the body. And so for a long season, it was kind of just us and then some other random, like John was a part, but there was not like a diverse group that was helping us to figure this out. And there wasn't, uh, it, it was mostly just me kind of saying, here's what I think that we should do. And over the course of time, I realized that like, I'm just not smart enough, I'm not able enough, and just prayed desperately for a team of people to, to come and help figure out how to do this. And God brought that team. And I think that we have that team here now today. Um, which does not at all mean that we're entirely on the same page or that we're perfect or that we all have it together and we figured this thing out completely. But it does mean that there's a group of people who are striving for your welfare, your good in the gospel. Like we get together, like I said, every single Friday and we care deeply about you. We care deeply about your growth. We care deeply about the spread of the gospel in our city and in our neighborhoods. And we are trying as best we can to help each other and to spur each other on in that direction. And so I'd like to introduce you to these people who have been such a great inspiration and help for me, but also you should know um, are here for you. Like they are praying for you all the time. They are here for you. Um, it's not just a guy on a stage every single Sunday preaching. There's a team around that is really providing pastoral care, and we'll speak to more of that in just a second. So um, let me introduce you to them. Uh, first, Jan. You look busy, so I just. <laughs> if you haven't met Jan, here's Jan Wilson. Uh, John, you saw John, he was singing. Um, Dardarian's not here. Uh, Tracy, Tracy leads City Kids. Jan leads uh, women's ministry. John leads music. Um, and Jim, where's Jim? Jim uh, rocks it on the bass. <laughs> and, and was recent. So uh, recently, we were. You guys can have a seat. Get comfortable. Get comfy. Uh, recently, we were actually having a meeting apart from Jim, and we were asking ourselves, like, if we're really raising the bar like this and we really want to provide pastoral care to our gospel community leaders and to our church, like, how do we do this really well? And it's, it's almost like we looked at each other and we went, I don't know if we can actually do this, just, just us. And we're like, so who could we add to this? And Jim was one of the first names that came to mind. So we invited Jim in, and now Jim's playing a role with us as well. Again, I never get applause, but Jim gets applause. 
Um, <laughs> not that I'm looking for it. Uh, so with that in mind, I want to introduce you to, to Austin, which Austin was just kind of helping to lead music. And what Austin's going to do is uh, we, we've come up with, out of the, the questions that have ar ar arised from, arised? Yeah. Arisen? 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 Arose? Arose. Arose. The questions that arose? Okay. <laughs> out of the questions that arose uh, throughout the series and even amongst ourselves or things that we thought we should dig more deeply into, we came up with six. Our goal is to try to just like tackle these. Um, he's going to lay some ground rules for you and how this should look. So, Austin, to you. So, we're going to have some uh, questions that are, are prearranged. So, um, they're going to be up on the screen and we're going to be asking for uh, some of the leaders up on stage to comment on them. Um, but we also want some participation from you guys. So uh, if there's something that uh, you want to hear a little bit more about, something that sounds confusing, um, we welcome more questions about that. Um, and I'll call on you guys and I'll try and repeat it into the mic so that for you know those who um, want to watch later, because um, we record these things, uh, they'll be able to do that um, with it going through the speakers. Uh, some ground rules is this is a question and response, um, so it's not a, a heckle and whimper. It's not, you know, <laughs> none of that. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll have your questions and we'll give an opportunity to respond. Um, you know, the question can't be to conjugate arise because they just don't know how to do that. Uh, <laughs> they don't know. Uh, so, um, but if you have questions that are more about um, how we're doing uh, small groups, how we're doing community, um, that sort of thing, or anything that they're commenting on, we welcome that. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll start it off with the first question. GC is just the abbreviation for gospel community, which is our, what we call our small groups. Um, so the first question is, what exactly is happening um, and being covered at the gospel community leaders training, uh, and what sort of requirements do I have to meet in order to be a part of that? Uh, the leaders train. This on? This one is. Oh, no. Boom, is. boom. No, son. Can you all hear me? Yeah. Okay, very good. Um, what's going to happen is um, there will be training for all of the uh, leaders that are interested in um, the leading a, a gospel community. Um, you uh, will be trained on how to lead the group common questions that come up that you'll be dealing with, some issues that groups kind of kind of deal with as they get together. Um, so you'll be fully equipped to, uh, to uh, lead a group. Uh, and I hope that you're, you're interested in that uh, and we'll, we'll help you uh, uh, along those lines. I, I consider myself a teaching catalyst so that uh, my, my purpose is to kind of catalyze you into a situation where you can use your gifts, your abilities to help others. So there's this idea of community that's going to happen. Uh, there's, there's teaching that's going to go on in the group. And there'll be, uh, as well as, uh, it'll align to the three uh, vision statements that we have. That is to reveal Christ, to build, um, to reconcile relationships, and to... Um, restore the city. Um, I just want to add to that also that we are, uh, the requirements is really that you are coming to that day with the hope to have a deep 
desire to have intentional relationships um, in that leadership and that we're going to set, we ha we've already set expectations for ourselves, and we want you to know what our expectations are as well. Um, so during that, we're going to go over the, the basics, as Jim said, and then we're just going to dive a little bit deeper into the relational aspect of it. I also think that uh, it's, if you are interested at any point in time uh, in leading a, a GC group to come, because the information is good anyways. So um, if this round, you're not interested in leading, uh, but you're thinking it's something that might be for you in the, the future, I would definitely recommend coming because there's uh, just a lot of ways that we can gather around and uh, there's a lot of tips uh, for interacting with people. And uh, you know, if you're already doing it, you can learn something. If you're not doing it, you can learn something. Um, and the hope with the gospel communities is that it's not just this one group that comes together. It's hopefully that we're, we're expanding. So we're, we're raising up leaders within the gospel communities and those gospel communities um, they break apart and start more and more, so. Yeah, so there's no, there's no requirements to be a part of the meeting. If you're interested at all in just learning more about the vision and mission of gospel communities, we'd love to have you be a part. We're gonna be walking through a handbook that we've put together, which lays out like more explicitly the purpose of gospel communities, and then also what the role of gospel community leader is. So we're gonna walk through those things. And then like Jim said, some, uh, some, some helps, some tools, like if you're interested in, in ever leading one, um, how it is that you can do that. And then also maybe some, some common um, issues that are faced within gospel community, which I think Jim wants to handle, right? All the common issues that are faced in oh small yeah. groups, yeah. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> there's none. It's all hunky-dory. <laughs> but everybody's welcome. Just let us know if you, if you want to be a part. It doesn't mean like you're signing on a line and you're going to lead a gospel community, you know, within the next two months or six months or something. But if you want to be a part just to learn more, by all means, come hang with us. All right. So um, the second question is, what exactly is the role of a gospel community leader? And uh, how are they to help their gospel community reveal Christ and reconcile people and renew their city. Sounds very familiar, um, practically speaking. Should I call on someone? <laughs> so, we, so to be open with you all, we've been wrestling through the language of, of a gospel community leader for quite some time and what exactly their role is. If you were a part of the city church a number of years ago, uh, we had this handbook and the language that we used was uh, that the gospel community leader was the effective pastor of that group. And that sounds really crazy. It sounds like really high bar or like if you're going to lead a gospel community, then you need to be sort of ordained as a pastor. That's not really what we're getting at with, with that word. What we're talking more about is shepherding the flock. So as a gospel community leader, our hope would be that you see the group of people that you're a part of in such a way that they are a small flock that God has given you to shepherd, which means to equip, to encourage, to provoke, to, as you're reading scripture, convict, um, all of those sorts of things, pray together, um, spiritual disciplines together, all, this, all, all of that. And so our hope would be that a gospel community would see that what they're doing 
is essentially like really hands-on effective ministry with those people, um, helping them to see their gifts, understand their gifts, use those gifts, um, which is a pretty high calling. Uh, throughout the years, that was kind of our description beforehand, and now we're getting back to it. But throughout the years, it kind of changed into, we're really just looking for people to facilitate conversation. And the church grew to a place where, like, that's all we needed. We need people to host. We need people to facilitate conversation. And what we realized over, you know, two years, three years, was that we weren't really effectively shepherding people. Um, A lot of people were getting together and having meals and having conversation, but our leadership team became less aware of what was really happening in the body um, because the high calling of, of a gospel community leader got sort of diminished to just facilitating conversation. So we're looking back at, um, and John can speak to this too, we're looking back at um, what's happened over the last three years and seeing that like we, we as the pastoral team, which doesn't include everybody here because they just joined, so don't throw them under the bus. But me, me, me and John and, and Matt, like we're looking back and we're realizing that um, we probably didn't help a, a lot of people to the degree that we could have by equipping the leaders and calling them to, to a higher role. And so now what we really want to focus our attention on is that, um, focusing our attention on helping the gospel community leaders themselves be equipped and encouraged and then helping them to equip and encourage the people in their groups. So we're gonna put a lot more emphasis on that. So we're raising the bar for, for GC leaders, but we're also raising the bar for ourselves. We, we really want to invest in those leaders because we see that as, as really necessary. And so um, that's part of the GC leader role is kind of effective pastoral ministry, which doesn't, like, again, don't, don't take pastoral and think to yourself like, that is so crazy huge, I could never do it. We're, shepherding is, I mean, if you have kids, you're a shepherd, right? If, if you have a wife or a husband, like, in a sense, you're a shepherd. Like, whoever you have influence over, you're shepherding in some way. So we're just asking for you to maybe acknowledge that you might have the opportunity or the gifting to shepherd another small group of people. Um, so that's kind of the role of, of GC. I'd like to um, jump in at this point. Um, I think another role of a shepherd is to notice your sheep. You watch them come and go. You see if they're wounded. If they're drifting away, you go and find them. So um, I think that's a really big piece of shepherding your gospel community is to notice when people are wounded and to step forward into that hurt and walk with them until they're healed. Yeah, which to that point, when we, when we lowered the bar to just facilitators of conversation, we lost the ability to do that. So we're trying to kind of raise the bar to make sure that we do that really well. We want to carry each other's burdens in gospel communities. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just so we address all the parts of the question, um, how does that fit into the renew? the city aspect, like how does that come in? What's the vision there? Yeah, uh, question six is very similar, so um, I don't mind speaking to both, and if you guys want to chime in, by all means. Um, so, So our hope would be that we would be providing tools for gospel community leaders to be able to help their community 
um, engage in personal spiritual disciplines, and then do those together as they meet weekly. And then uh, with those personal spiritual disciplines would be like scripture reading, prayer, um, but then also communal disciplines such as service or even your own personal service or hospitality. And so ideally what would be happening is we would be as a team uh, coming alongside those gospel community leaders to help them to do those things in their gospel community as well, right? So we would be sort of the, uh, I hate to bring pyramid schemes into this, but <laughs> but since, I don't know, Christian pyramid scheme seems to be a thing. Uh, <laughs> we're kind of, well, we're, our, our hope and goal is that for us, as sort of, in a sense, a gospel community, would be helping the gospel community leaders to become the shepherds that, that God would like them to be. And so spurring them on to then help their gospel community sort of do the same thing. So with personal spiritual disciplines, with us within a group, we've held, like, we're, we're trying to raise the bar and expectations with each other, as we mentioned a number of weeks ago, um, about scripture reading, prayer, service, where we all want to hold each other accountable because we all want to raise that bar in our own lives. And then we're doing the same thing with gospel community leaders who are doing the same thing with the people within their group. So when it comes to um, this kind of threefold mission statement, ideally what would be happening is we would be helping the gospel community leader to make those things happen within their gospel community. We'd be here for them, be praying for them, be consistent. Yeah, this relates to question three as well. You know, what are we going to be doing for the gospel community leaders? We don't want you to think that you're out there all by yourself. Uh, this church does not believe in the Lone Ranger Christ follower. The Lone Ranger is dead, okay? We need each other. And so what we would do is uh, meet at least once a month uh, with all the Christ uh, community leaders to talk about their own lives, the things that they're struggling with, uh, the things that are going on perhaps in their group that might have questions about, um, and um, just how the well-being of, uh, of their lives are going so that we can help, encourage, uh, maybe exhort, and hold accountable um, to what our vision and purpose is. And we do that once a month. It doesn't mean that um, it would only happen at that time. There would be personal phone calls as well. If uh, we miss you and you're kind of out of the loop a little bit, we'll, we'll reach out, find out how you're doing, where you are, uh, the kind of things that we can do to help you. Um, there'll be seminars. Uh, I like to call them labs. Uh, there's one going on Monday night uh, on spiritual gifts. I encourage you to go to that. I'll be leading some as well. Uh, the first one I'll be doing is on how to um, study the Bible, but more importantly, how to allow the Bible to study you. <laughs> uh, I'm calling it affectionately eating the book. <laughs> and uh, hopefully in that seminar you're going to learn how to see what it says, understand what it means, and uh, know how it works in your life. Each one of those steps are extremely important as you move through and as you, as you read the scriptures on your own and study them on your own to understand what it says what it means, and how does it work for me. There'll be others as well. Yeah, and that's, that's something that we'd, we want to open to everybody. So if you want to lead a gospel community and you're like part of the reason that you are maybe hesitant is just a lack of confidence in the scriptures or something, definitely join the class. But even if you don't want to lead a gospel community, we want to just start providing more classes to help 
people understand um, the scriptures as well as like other topics of theology and so forth. So that's, that's on our radar of things that we would like to do on a regular basis. Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. your words are found and I ate them. Your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart for I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Uh, so <clears throat> I'm going to stop us at this point and pause and see if there are any initial questions. Well, you can ask questions about these two um, at any point, but does anyone have any questions so far? So you mean someone who's not already in a group, but that has a wound. Right. 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 So uh, we have Jericho. some, some Jericho. scenes going on up there. Nobody's <laughs> so dying. That's only the first horn, though, so prepare yourself. Um, so, uh, but to reiterate, the question would be, um, Jan had made a comment about uh, caring for those who are wounded um, uh, within the context of gospel communities. If there's someone who's outside of that group, um, are we trying to get them involved in the group or is there a different process that you guys are envisioning in order to deal with those wounds? Can, can I respond to Go this? for it. Um, I don't think we have a protocol <laughs> per se, but I think as the Lord brings someone to our attention who is wounded, I know in my own life that um, he makes time in my life for me to just go and be with that person and hear them and then pray with them and lead them to the scriptures. And sometimes it's once and sometimes it's every week for a while. But um, for me personally, it doesn't matter if you're in a, in a GC or not because you're part of the body of Christ. And honestly, it doesn't even matter if you're part of this church or not. Um, the Lord has brought people to Bible study that don't go to this church, and they're hurting. And the Lord has given me a schedule in which I can make time to be with that person. Um, I have to also say, though, we don't always notice everything. So first of all, for that, I... I really feel um, compelled to say, please forgive us. We have allowed or seen or not seen people who are hurting and not been able to get to you. We are limited, we are humans. So we're not gonna get it right every time, we're not. Um, we, we don't ever mean to neglect anyone and yet if you are hurting and you haven't told someone, then we can't be responsible for that. You need to tell us when you're hurting or you need to ask us. And um, if you have hinted, at least for me, sometimes I'm pretty dense. So <laughs> if you've hinted and I haven't picked up the hint, ask, just be real clear, duh, Jan, can I sit down and talk with you? 
But um, I want to say as a team, I think that we are moving into a place of deeper commitment to that kind of ministry. That we've seen that um, just having a group doesn't always meet the need. And we need to find other ways. So GC is one way, but it's not the only way. I'll just to add too that uh, <coughs> this, the parable of uh, the Good Samaritan, uh, the point of the parable is that um, if you see a need and you're able to meet that need, then you're the neighbor. If you look at all the, in, in the parable, it's the leaders and the spiritual leaders that walk by them for one reason or another. I hope that we don't present that or we don't do it that way. Um, but hey, we can't see every need. We can't uh, cover every need. We don't know every need. But you and the people that you interact with and the people that you see that are hurting, if you're there and you see the need and you're able to meet that need, then you are that person's neighbor to help them. Yeah, and if you're not, we, between, you know, the five of us plus Derdarian, like we, we know 90, 95% of the people in the church. So let one of us know and we can, we can ask around. And I just want to add from my own personal experience that can be really uncomfortable to do. So to have to put yourself out there to say like, I need something, I need you guys to come alongside me is definitely hard and it makes you stretch a little bit. Um, and I have been there. I have sat there in my misery and have allowed it to happen and not reached out. And then I realized that I had this community and that I could reach out and say, someone help me, come alongside me. And I really feel that we're at this intentional point in this church to be united and that God is calling us to be intentional in our relationships. So I encourage you like, just to pull someone aside. And it doesn't need to be one of us. Like we, we are here for you, absolutely, but there are people in this church across the board that care for you. Does that answer your question? <laughs> oh. um, anyone else with a question at this point that we could address? So the question of renewing the city is that, does that have a missional intent? Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's actually question six that uh, I don't think the slide was up there, but how do you see gospel communities and worship fulfilling our mission as a church to do these things? Um, it, your question was gospel communities with missional intent? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't mind skipping ahead just because we're already there. But when we get there, if somebody wants to ask a furthering question, they can. Um, so our, our hope within gospel communities is uh, not just the, themselves growing in Christ, but themselves in growing in Christ will produce fruit outside of their own gospel community, which would, f uh, so like twofold. Um, first would be that they would see themselves as a community that's hospitable to those outside of them. So if you have neighbors, friends, coworkers, whatever, the gospel community shouldn't be limited to just followers of Jesus. But if you can invite people to that community so that you can have conversations together, that might be a more of a safe place for those who aren't yet followers. We would like ideally, in, so in our gospel community handbook, we even lay out like how we hope that 
we would make this a space safe for those even not yet followers of Jesus to come and have dinner with those who are followers of Jesus. Um, but then also service. So I mentioned last week one of the things that we have historically not been super good at is um, providing opportunity for community service. Or in the past, what we've done is like big, huge church events. So we've done block parties and like costume parties and stuff like that, um, which we anticipate still doing and would love to keep doing. Um, but we would also really like for each gospel community to commit to community service once every six weeks which if, if that means that they skip one of their meetings to do community service or they do it on a Saturday or if they combine with other gospel communities to do it, um, hopefully what will be happening is on a very regular basis, each gospel community looks at their neighborhood, looks at the city, looks at even where this space is and thinks, what can we do together to serve, like to really just go out and do something? Um, not necessarily to, to brand us or to get people to come to church, but just to love our neighbors. Um, so that's in the, in the mix of like what it means to be a gospel community as we're kind of moving forward. And just to add, the um, thing that we did on Halloween was spawned out of one of the gospel communities, right? So that was Matt and Jasmine's thing that led it. Uh, there were a lot more people that served, um, but it's just a good example of how the gospel community got an idea and uh, they presented it to the wider church so that you know, it's it's less top-down. It's less, you know, Anthony decides we're going to do this thing, and then we do this thing. It's like, you know, what does everyone see what a, uh, a good idea to do is? Because not everyone sees, uh, or Anthony's not able to see all the needs, but we are able to see most of the needs because we are us, if that makes sense. You know, our, there are needs, so we're able to see, like, oh, our neighbor needs this, or, you know, our community could really use this, um, yeah, and it's really to, to try to think less less uh, individualistically. So like our, kind of historically, within the last 20 years, 30 years or so, churches have operated in this way where they do like big, huge events to try to get people to come in. And that's all fantastic. We don't mind doing stuff like that. So if you have an idea for something like that and you want to pitch it to the whole church, we certainly will. But we see it as being more effective if if we could pitch to the gospel community leaders and get them all to get their gospel communities involved Right? So if they, if they all go, hey, yes, there's an opportunity to serve, let's do this block party together, then they all jump in. If a single gospel community wants to do something for a neighbor, then they're more than welcome to do that. So a couple of years ago, for instance, um, instead of doing our big block party that we have done in the past, we decided to fund every single gospel community doing their own little block party in their neighborhood. And what's interesting is like, you don't get a whole bunch of people coming to church because of that but you do get a whole bunch of neighbors knowing your name and getting to know you, and that's a beautiful thing. So how do we do both and is kind of where we're at right now. So we, we're interested in doing both and, inspiring the gospel communities to do something in their own neighborhood, but also us as a church doing things at, at large as a whole. Um, I just also want to add, so um, in the Unite Youth program that we have, it's every other Sunday, um, for the past two years, we do service events every other month. And so all of the teens actually go out of the church, or sometimes we do things within the church, and we'll go out and we'll serve. And it's great to be able to think that you, you know, the majority of you have kids that go to this church who are at the GCs every single week, 
And to have like little ones to teenagers to adults be able to do that together is very, very impactful. That's something that they're gonna remember for the rest of their lives. I served with my dad at the rescue mission as a kid and that's something that is still ingrained in me. And so serving is, it's, it's not just about like going out and doing something as a group, but it changes your heart, it changes your mind. It's, it's doing what Jesus did with his people. So for me, that's really impactful, and it, it makes you just think about serving in a completely different way, especially when you can do it with your kids. So yeah, you want to go to the next slide? It's question five. <laughs> yeah. So you're you're on the right track. You're on the right track. No, no. You asked, so you asked a question the, that we already had. Yeah. <laughs> to uh, repeat the question, it was about being more a part of more than one gospel community. Is that permissible? What's the deal with that? So. I don't know. I, I, get, I get to speak. Sure. I mean, you sing every I got a lot week. Of things to say. I just don't really, you know, don't want to keep talking. <laughs> uh, is it permissible to be part of two? It's, um, we would rather you not be part of two. Um, more, it's not that you can't be, but I think it's more helpful to <coughs> put your focus into one and into being a part of one and taking on that role with this particular group of people and, you know, not spreading yourself thin. And, I understand the whole perspective of like being in one and then still wanting to be with those people maybe, but ultimately the goal of even that group is to break off and hopefully to to keep expanding and get bigger. So if you're a part of two, it kind of like doesn't also allow somebody else to come into that group because space is always an issue. Um, so if you're staying in this group where as if you leave and are leading another one, somebody else could actually come in to that group and be a part of it. Um, whereas you're, you can actually start another group. And it just opens up more places for people to get involved into. So uh, that's not a, 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 like a no initially right off, but it's something we would really strongly recommend that we try to keep it so that if you're going to lead a group especially, um, or you know, even, even if you want to go to two different ones, you're not necessarily leading one, you'd rather just be involved with one group of people. And... Uh, it helps, you know, as far as like when you're interacting with people to, to grow and to trust one another more that, you know, this is the group, this is the group I'm, I'm covenanting with in a sense to say like what it goes on here stays here and that's it. And so I think that's, that's kind of our approach to it and I'm sure they can add more to it, but. Yeah, it's not, it's certainly not like frowned upon or anything like that. Um, as if we're going to tell you, stop doing that. You're a part of two groups. Um, not at all. Um, but I lead two, and I'll tell you, it's it's taxing. Like to to have that many people that you're trying to be in relationship with and help it grow in Christ. It just it's a uh, it's a lot of people. I mean, Jesus only had twelve, and one of them left. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, not, I guess I'm the MC, so I may be overstepping a little bit, but, um, you know, that's uh, something that's really hard, too, is, is being a part of something, you grow really close to people, and then having to 
separate from that to go do something new, um, that's part of the ministry, I would say, in a lot of senses. Um, it's a sacrifice, you know, to, to leave that safe kind of harbor and move on to something else. Um, and sometimes it's hard. Like, you can tell by reading the epistles that Paul kind of has favorites, right? So, like, when you read Philippians, it's like, oh, you guys are so generous. You visited me in prison. And then you read First and Second Corinthians, and it's like, grace and peace, yeah. But can you guys, like, knock this stuff off? This is, I've told you this like a thousand times already and you just can't, you know. So you can tell like it, different seasons and, you know, sometimes it's really good and it, and it all gels and, and other times it's difficult, but it's all ministry and it can all be an offering to God. So I like that. Um, so you said you, s- there's that. Yeah. Yeah. So it did. Just did your husband phone that in? Question. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I know you guys are very similar. Um, So to repeat the question, it was just about the structure of how everything works. So where everyone fits in, um, as far as you know, what titles we may or may not apply to those, and how that how those relationships work. Yeah. 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 Just to be clear, uh, if you don't know Penny. Or her husband. That was a joke. If you get to know <laughs> if you get to know Jeremy Dugan, that's the way he thinks. Is like he wants to know the structure of everything. So I was just kidding with her because we go way back. Um, so yeah, we've been thinking through this a ton for the last several months, um, and we actually haven't come to any very specific conclusions to this. Um, so even the idea of calling me head or lead pastor versus us thinking about this more in terms of a team and how that looks, uh, like how it actually functions for the rest of the body is something that we've been talking about a ton. Titles in terms of uh, whether one is ordained pastor or one is a deacon, also stuff that we've been thinking through a ton. We actually haven't really come to a bunch of conclusions. The, I guess some of the conclusions that we've come to is that we want to shepherd this flock well as a team, and we do kind of see the gospel community leaders in a sense as deacons, but also in a sense as shepherds, so there's some overlap there. Um, So we haven't really nailed down titles and what that actually means and looks like. Um, To be totally honest with you, we're still working through a bunch of that, Um, but we're trying to figure out as a a team. So the pastoral team, like, is that, so they're kind of serving the pastors as you guys, I just, it's just a new term. Yeah, yeah, this team exists to shepherd this flock. And one of the main things that we do is equip, encourage, recruit, train gospel community leaders, um, but then also whatever content is going forth in terms of preaching, teaching, like we exist to filter that as well. Um, so those primary things we exist for. 
Yeah, we'll let you know. Yeah. And really, we don't, we don't see that, like, we might not even figure this out on our own. So, I mean, if you have some input to help us, or if anybody really has some input to help us, like, this is, this is actually kind of new territory for, for many of us. To, to lead an entire congregation as a team is not usually the way things work in, like, insofar as evangelical Christianity over the last 50 years in America. It's usually, like, a head pastor, and he's kind of the CEO, and it's more of, like, a business model. Um, that's not the way that we want to do things. So we're trying to figure out how that actually looks for us, even if I'm still the primary preacher-teacher, but yet we're still a part of a team, helping everybody to realize that there's a team that you can appeal to that is there for you, as opposed to just the guy who speaks every, you know, or mostly on Sunday morning. So we're, we're really still, like, wrestling through a bunch of that. Do any of you guys want to speak to that? I don't want to sound like I'm just, no. It, am I talking what you what we've been talking about okay just want to make sure you guys all don't think that I just came up with that idea just now <laughs> I, well I mean I'll speak a little bit to it because right now as it is it seems like there's just a lot of um, particular pressure on Anthony and I'm not saying that in a way that's negative but he's like the go-to guy and he's only one guy and he may not even be able to help you with what you need so in a way you could go to him, but it may not be that you deal with him. You know, in other words, we're all here. We're all here to help one another. And as Jim said earlier, you're all here too, and you can all help one another. It's not just us. There's not six or five or six of us up here that are saying we're the go-to people. There's a whole congregation that's go-to people here. So, if there's something else where you need some help and guidance, yeah, I mean we're here too, um, and that's kind of the. I think that's a little bit of what Anthony's saying is, in other words, it's not just Anthony, 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 right? It's, it's all of us. So we are all here to help, and we're all here to, to, to give him support too, you know? So, um, yeah. But, but also, don't hear that as Anthony's trying to cop out of a job. That's, that's not what I was getting, <laughs> that's not what I was getting at. Because that's not the case. It's more of like, we, we want to model what it looks like to be a small microcosm of the whole body of Christ. So we're recognizing that there's strengths and weaknesses amongst us, and we're trying to fill those gaps so that we can serve you better. So what that means is, like, you know, with, with all due respect, you guys, Jan's a way better pastor than me. And if you've met Jan, hey! <laughs> More claps. No, but I mean in terms of like, uh, you know, recognizing where people are at, following up with them, shepherding them really well. Like she's got just a pulse on, on people and she's, she's just far more compassionate and aware of a person's life and where they're at than me. Um, I might be able to stand in front of a crowd and preach and teach or do study on my own time and maybe, you know, I'm good at that. But we're trying to fill in where those things are. Oh, I think, oh, there we go as a team so that we can help serve you better. And ideally what would happen is we're modeling exactly what would be taking place in your own gospel community. You might be the best at facilitating conversation, but there's people around you who are gonna be like, we need to serve, and that's not on your radar, but they're about it. Or, hey, that person hasn't been talking much, and they're aware of that, and so they, they help you to recognize that. You know, So what we're trying to do here is essentially a gospel community. Um, so let's keep it moving on the written questions. Uh, is there some kind of 
commitment to be a part of a gospel community, and if so, what does that entail? Your life. I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. Anybody can answer this. Any of you. Do you want to start, John? <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> um, as, far as, as far as committing to a group, so that's one of those tough parts, especially with schedules and times and everybody getting together. And, you know, but our ultimate goal is that we're meeting once a week. And uh, the, point, the point of doing that is that it's relational building, but there's two relationships you're building there. One is your relationship with Christ, and the other is your relationship with other people. And the relationship, we need Christ in order that the relationship with the other people can be built. So, which also goes into that missional part of, of you know, where we go and re, renew the city. It's the go, it's the doing works, it's the, you know, going out and, and doing those things where we're serving. And, but, but if we don't work on these two relationships, we won't do the going. And, and so, most often. Um, so, if you, if you, the commitment is that you'd say, yeah, I'm gonna commit to coming and meeting once a week, obviously, if you're sick or something comes up, you know, that you can't, but, you know, it's our intention and your and your intention that um, we we have this event, right? And I don't want to say event, but this event, this meeting time where we we can actually spur one another on to love and good works, right? And so when we do that, when, when we actually meet together, and again, we're saying this, and sometimes it doesn't really always work out quite like this when you get together. There's a lot of stuff that goes on in, within groups, and there's kids and all this other all the, this other stuff, but. That's the goal, right? And so when you commit to people, right, you're committing to say, I'm here for you, and I'm going to help you, and I'm going to help reveal Christ to you, right? And, uh, and then also as, as a leader, you're saying that I'm here to help you uh, reveal Christ to you in a way that where you hopefully can grow and learn. Right, and so some of that, you know, it's just an understanding. And some people in your group may have more knowledge and understanding of, of scripture than you as the leader, but that's okay. That's why they're there. They're there to help you, right? I mean, we're all in this together, so. Yeah, I think specifically, uh, you have to show up. Yeah. Well, otherwise, why would you be a part of a group if you don't show up? Number two would be, I think, an engagement with the group. So you're sharing your life, you're asking questions, you're seeking to understand. You're not dominating this, this conversation, but you're, you're trying to uh, engage with people. That's, a, that's an important uh, aspect of qualification, I think, to, to be a part of the group. And, uh, and you have a willingness to, to reach out to others um, in the community and around you, uh, your neighbors, those kinds of things. That's the, the missional aspect of it. It's just not coming to a group, but it's also being a being the church and, and wherever you are and whatever community you're involved with. Yeah. So I think we're, we're at 20 after, so if we want to get a few songs in, we'll have to cut it here. Um, yeah, if you have further questions, by all means, um, even if you've been around for a while, uh, before the newcomer's lunch starts, hit up any single one of us to, to ask us some more questions. Um, or put it on a connection card and just give us your email. We'd be more than happy to connect with you and help you to think through what it means to be a part of this church. 
Um, I'm gonna let these guys go on stage and introduce our opportunity to respond in worship. Uh, can you just thank these people for being so... So, um, I said this in the beginning, but I, I want to just reiterate it right now. When we started this church, uh, what took place insofar as the responsibility that was held by me and just a, really a couple others that were just hoping that uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't screw it up, is <laughs> um, far different than what it looks like today. And what God has done for us in providing a, a full team of people that are willing to help equip and encourage is just a beautiful thing. And so look, look at this team as a blessing from God for you and don't take it lightly. It's a, it's a huge, huge um, gift of grace from God for us all, myself included. Uh, I tell you, if it weren't for these other people, um, I'd probably be making a whole bunch of dumb decisions again. So you're welcome, uh, <laughs> or you're welcome for them anyways. So give thanks to them. But uh, this is the way that we would like to move forward as a community, is, is thinking about these things um, where we are willing to be rubbed the wrong way and work through it and really think through who Jesus is and what he has for us. And so I'm grateful for this team, and I hope, I hope you are as well. With that in mind, I want to read a passage from Matthew 26 as we, uh, as we have the opportunity to respond in worship. Um, Jesus is celebrating the final Passover meal with his disciples, and he is instituting this new covenant, which uh, you're a part of and we're all a part of. It's not just you as an individual partaking of this new covenant with Jesus, but he was there with his disciples as well. And he invited them all into this thing, just as God did throughout history, as he invited Abraham into a new covenant, Noah into a new covenant. Like all of these covenants had to do with the family, how it is that they would bless the nations of the world through their love for one another. And that's what we get to be a part of. And so as we take communion, don't just think about how it is that his body was broken and bloodshed for you, but also the person behind you, the person in front of you person still in, in a chair around you like this is the covenant community and what I hope just happened was us engaging with that or, or experiencing how it is that God does this like he he wants us all to grow in his likeness and his image and he uses other people to help us do that um, and so I want to read this passage for you and then uh, I'll pray and invite us to respond so as they were eating Jesus took bread and after blessing it he broke it gave it to the disciples and he said take 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 eat this is my body he took a cup when he had given thanks he gave it to them and said drink of it all of you for this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins I tell you I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink of it new with you my father's kingdom that's a promise friends father thank you for this community thank you for the opportunity to sing thank you for the opportunity to come to the table thank you for the opportunity to give and be reminded of your goodness we ask that as we do you would mold and shape us and we trust that you will for your spirit is here undoubtedly your spirit is here we embrace that in Jesus name Let's rise.